You are now tuned in to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. In America, the capitalist system not only makes the people stupid, but keeps them arrogant in their stupidity. This stupidity in the country, this calculated stupidity, affects the African masses more because they read even less than the others. And they need to read more. Our people suffer because they lack knowledge. At this stage of human development, one of the best ways to acquire knowledge indirectly is through reading. Yo, I'm reading this new book, man. Yo, this shit is so deep, yo. Shit got my mind thinking about a whole new other format, man. You know what I'm saying? Fuck a book, man. The book is fucking your head up, man. Yo, when's the last time you read anything, man? Never, motherfucker. Smart bastard, why won't he plays rowing? Just act retarded. Cause when you grow single parent poor, that's your place. Don't read too many books, act your jeans through your face. Chat shit, act thick, practice your backflip. Put your motherfucking ass out from the cameras. Provide the entertainment for your coachable betters. Men of letters think we could only be smart if they let us. No, knowledge ain't for punks, they market it like it is. Cause who the fuck wants to be caught from fresh prints? But geeks design the systems, the visions, the politicians, Malthus and the Smiths. We're living in their vision, so knowledge. Is power for devouring cowards that showered you with propaganda each and every hour. That's why Malcolm never died. It's just another tug on the road, a symbol over the globe. Cause did you know the most rebellious thing you can do is get educated? Forget what they told you in school. Get educated. I ain't saying play by the rules. Get educated. Get educated. Get educated. Get educated. Break the chains of their enslavement. Get educated. Even if you're on the pavement. Get educated. What a weapon that your brain is. Get are you recording now? Yeah, it looks like it's uh, it looks like it's going. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I kind. I mean, yeah, I hear it. Yeah. All right, kind of sound like it's like a ghost or something going on, like something like that. But you know what? I wouldn't even worry about nobody trying to turn this off right now. You want to know why? Why? Because we're hundred percent independent. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome to the first show for Conscientization 101. I am Zara Sundiata, and I am the managing editor for Conscientization 101. And hello, I am James Stone, senior editor of Conscientization 101. And this is our launch podcast show for the online magazine, Conscientization 101. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So since this is our first show, let's start off by defining conscientization. um, And then we'll just go from there. Um, So, conscientization. That the definition that's most appropriate for what that means is from Paulo Fieri's um, book. He's the author of Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and his definition of conscientization is learning to perceive social, political, and economic contradictions and to take action against the oppressive elements of reality. Yeah, basically, it's like praxis. Okay, so uh, it means. Taking theory, mixing that together with some action, and that's how you have you some development. But it's all sorts of things that go into that that are related. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when we, when you, when you look at Conscientization 101 magazine, and when you look at it, you're gonna say, "Hmm, this is a very, very interesting website. This is something that I have never seen before." I'm like, "Yeah, sure not," because we worked on it for over two and a half years. <laughs> Shoot. You know what I'm talking about? So what we wanted to do, since you see in this innovative online web magazine, is to provide a source of information that challenges the axioms of this anachronistic society for the sole purpose of changing one's material conditions. And when you look at the logo of Conscientization 101, you see the book, and you see the headphone. You see the music, and you see the theory. You see the action through independent media. So. I, I could go on and on and on, but what we want you to do on this first opening podcast, 
We want you to go say, look, we're going to spread this podcast far and wide because it's free. And also what we want you to do is go to the website and see for yourself. Yes. It's a, reading it, is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. This is, this, is a, this is an online magazine. You know magazines got subscriptions. You know you want to keep us up and running now, don't you? Now, don't you? Yeah. Thank you. But uh, we done wrote it all out. We, we could go on and on and on, but we not. We want to get into this show. I'm going to tell you one thing about this particular episode. This launch episode, we got a very special treat for y'all. We got the one, the only, Immortal Technique. We got an interview we did with Immortal Technique. Zara, do you have anything else you want to add before we talk more about getting into this interview with Immortal Technique? Also, if you want to learn more about the site, we also have detail. Um, a, a detailed about page and a detailed um, page about the magazine structure and everything. We have everything there for you. Everything. So, without further ado, we will be presenting an interview that Zari and myself did with the one, the only Immortal Technique here in Houston, Texas, when he was at Fitzgerald's in 2011. It's a mortal technique. I could go into what we gonna talk about, but you about to listen to it now. You about to listen to it. Then after you listen to it, you gonna tell it to your friends. And you say, oh, boy, them conscientization. Boy, them, they know how to conscientization the interview. I love it. They do the hip hop, the hip, the hop, the hip. Oh, yeah, shout out to mortal technique because February 19th is birthday. This is gonna be launched February 18th. But guess what I'm saying? This is the show. We are here, Conscientization 101 Web Magazine. Tell a friend, because we ain't going nowhere. No, we are not. So, without further ado, <laughs> let's get into this interview. Get into this interview. And we are here with the one, the only, Immortal. Me. <laughs> yeah, I told y'all. Y'all thought I was just playing the music in the background. This is magical. This providence. He came here. Immortal Technique, good to have you here. Nice. Thank you, brother. Thank, thank you, you thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, I wanted to ask you, first question I want to ask you, what is the impetus uh, behind uh, this timely release, The Martyr? Mm. I mean, this is literally like, it's like it's going to add on to your other classic albums. And it basically, I was like, okay, does that mean the middle passage isn't coming? Or, you know, what does this mean? Or, and you said, burn this. And I did burn it. So can we still look forward to middle passage? And also, I was looking at an interview uh, in preparation for the interview, but I think it was all hip hop. And you were talking about uh, you had not been to Australia. And you was hoping to uh, possibly go to Australia. Yeah, yeah. And you was, uh, you was also saying about getting into this particular market, uh, coming to the South. And, I see it's been fulfilled. I'm glad you're here. And so, uh, just wanted to talk to you more about your venture down here in the South. And we were, me and uh, Zari always joke about, man, why can't Immortal Technique come here? Well, we gonna have to go up now. But uh, obviously not. So, can you expand on that, please? Um, well, first of the question of the martyr, I felt like, you know, I'm gonna say it on stage. But I feel like in this time of economic downturn where people are suffering and they want uh, individuals to pay retail price for garbage music, I felt what would be more revolutionary than giving away quality hip-hop cultured music absolutely for free, you know? We did a tour behind it, obviously, because I, I want to promote the new music. I brought um, Akir, Diabolic, Swave Sever the, that are on the project with me. Um, and of course, Killer Mike, who was also uh, on it. So I definitely wanted to show an amount of solidarity with with that type of hip-hop. I think that in this day and age, it's also interesting to see how much hip-hop is splintering apart. You know, there, there's more of the hipster scene. Yes. There's more of yes. the commercial, it's almost like crack hop. Like people that are stuck in thinking that, that this is still 1988. Yes. You know what I mean, even though it's not, and the drug game has changed sufficiently. Even though people always want coke and heroin, at the same time, you know, there's a lot more pills involved. There's a lot more designer drugs. So, I think that for me, especially, I wanted to make sure that people that like my music could have accessibility to it, which is the reason for the download aspect. I think also what I wanted to show everyone was that 
I acknowledge that this culture is global. Yes. It doesn't belong just to America. Yes. Therefore, yes. you don't need to be able to order it off a website or you don't need to get it off monopolized iTunes. You could literally, anybody in the world could have gone to Twitter or Facebook or some random torrent and gotten the album yes. by clicking a fucking link. Mm -hmm. That was it. It that would was me. all come yes. down. Exactly. Yes. And people were amazed by it when I first had As a matter of fact, we shut down Mediafire. <laughs> yeah, because we had 27,000 sure people. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We shut it down because uh, Mediafire basically had a link up and 27,000 people pressed the same button at the same time. So they thought that we were pirating movies. You know when you, you know when you, yeah. if you, I, I'm not, I, let's leave names out of this. Don't worry, we can edit I'm this. So when you do, when you want, you already know what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, we gonna edit that shit out. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You, you already know what it is. So we had definitely a, a magnanimous <laughs> shutdown. We had to get a couple more links going. Mm -hmm. But all in all, I felt like the martyr was an incredibly successful display of the type of strength and power mm -hmm. that uh, this movement especially has. I mean, we got about 400,000 downloads so far. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to crack 500,000 by the time I get to the West Coast, which I think we could do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody was talking about it outside. Everybody yeah, loved it. Know. Talking about their favorite yeah. tracks. They were playing yeah. it a lot outside and lying on the phones and shit. It mm -hmm. was just it's an amazing album. It's just... Oh, thank you. Speaking also to the fact that, like, so does this mean... No, no, the middle passage is still coming. It's still, okay. it's still, go, it's still, it's still working, still working on it right now. I'm, I'm about halfway through it and I'm looking forward to putting it out. Uh, middle of early to middle of next year okay. and then do an entire tour behind it and as far as Australia I'll be doing a tour in Australia in January okay you going to Melbourne Sydney or? yeah Melbourne Sydney Adelaide Perth um, he's hitting it up what? and then mm -hmm. I, I'll go to uh, two days in New Zealand and I do a day in Tasmania oh wow of all fucking places. All right. Now, my next question is about the Occupy Wall Street movement. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been engaged in some interesting polemics around uh, involved in the Occupy Wall Street movement. I've uh, been following you in Occupy Wall Street. I've typed in your name. I've realized and I've saw an interview. You pretty much was there when you saw from the beginning and when it, when it was on the ground floor. And I remember, if I recall, you were saying, I won't be, I'm gonna be on tour when it ends because it probably possibly won't end. But at the same time, in terms of the Occupy Wall Street movement, from what you saw there, one of the things that we've been engaged in is in terms of people of color finding their own voices for their particular grievances, such as like gentrification that has been happening since I don't know time immemorial. Because you look at Harlem from your song and just talking to various people, you look at Houston and you look at where I'm from, Austin. Uh, the east side don't look the same. I mean, it's just my grandma's house over there. And various, like you said, economic turn, uh, economic downturn, we've been like literally on life support. And it seems to be that there seems to be a loss of perceived privilege throughout um, American society, the American society. And so what you starting to hear, a lot of people of color bringing up various issues that affected them. And some people uh, were saying, well, y'all need to basically shut up raising issues because y'all are splitting being divisive when you break up these particular issues. If you just let the class component handle it, then we can handle black and brown issues. Other than that, it's best that you just be quiet. And we actually uh, saw a sign with somebody down there had a sign that said, we are the new slave class, which pretty much says like, People of color hold a degraded being type ontology, so to speak, and there seems to be a loss of a perceived privilege that people are not getting. And to see, say, just let the class issue handle it, it seems to be under this universality of just that, that there's only one major problem, all the just side issues that we have. Mm -hmm. But it would seem to be when you say well, cla class right. component. Right, there's a culture of disconnect. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, I right. think With, you know that. Away from 
away from the class issues. I mean, I think obviously when you look at it in a larger perspective, class does supersede race in the in the manner of oppression that that people choose only because when you look at it historically, uh, race really was something that was used as a, as a means of justification yes. uh, later on during the slave trade. In the very beginning, I mean, the people who invented the slave trade knew the, the history of Europe, they knew the history yeah. of Africa. I mean, they, did, they couldn't have possibly believed that Africans were three-fifths of human beings, mm -hmm. that they were a missing link between man and monkey. <laughs> right. They just found those type of stories very convenient to tell so that it would affect an American populace, yes. which was obviously, you know, uh, uh, barbarously ignorant at that particular time and really bought into it in themselves. And I almost feel sorry for them because they were lied to just as... At, at some point, I, I, I just feel sorry for them because they missed out on the cultural experience of connecting with those people and instead did themselves a disservice, did this country a disservice, set us back, betrayed the legacy of democracy. And if that isn't dealt with by the Occupy movement mm -hmm. at some point, then it's really going to look like a, a, a collection of white leftists and, you know, white middle-of-the-line moderates that are disenfranchised with, that feel disenfranchised by a government and yet are ignoring some of the most disenfranchised people. I think there's a way to have that respectful dialogue without, you know, being overly critical of the movement. But I don't think that the movement can escape that criticism. Yeah. I think it needs to face it head on. I think one of the things you said in Russia today, and uh, feel free to use any explicit language you need to on this podcast, but um, I like how you said you got to do more than just say you're American and drop fall out of it. You know what? I, I like that line. Um, but another thing that you also said was particular, like, you talked, I think it was Agent 500 in the Marcus Garvey, and you said there's people out in this particular, you know, there's, there's Agent, 800, Agent, yeah. Agent 800, I'm sorry, Agent 800. There's Agent Provocateurs possibly out here. So my, mm -hmm. my question is that, do you see, when, from where do you think this can go? Do you think that when you were down there, it was people uh, still identifying with the system? The same system of disenfranchising, whereas certain people not coming from an agent provocateur, because we know that element is out there, who is like, if you say say someone, I'll, I'll just say someone such as myself, does not identify with that particular system. And then, you know, I think it was George Jackson who said something to the fact that if you are in awe of something or, or respect it, you can never seek to destroy a system. Otherwise, you're always going to be searching for like crumbs. It was in the blood of my eye. I know I'm messing up that quote. Right. But in, in, in a sense, do you still see like they just think America is just on the wrong foot as opposed this is how capitalism no, no, works? There are some people that think that capitalism needs uh, reform. There are other people yeah. that think the system itself needs to be ripped apart and restructured and then America needs uh, a complete new revolution. I, I, I think that the state's response to these issues is going to be just as much of a factor as yeah. any of the actual issues themselves. I mean, the state, the state can choose to address the people's needs, or as we saw in the Middle East, you know, they'll try and suppress it violently and it'll get more and more out of hand. I think the mayor of New York realized very early on that all the cameras were on him, yeah. and that he looked really incompetent, out of control, and incapable of fixing anything when all of this started happening mm -hmm. and the police were seen to be out of control. Mm -hmm. I think Oakland has definitely come to the forefront only because of the, the rash amount of police brutality yeah. Yeah. And, stuff. Yeah. and the fact that it's become more and more violent. And not because of the protesters, yes. but because of the police reaction. Mm -hmm. So if we don't see people addressing these issues, if we don't see them addressing crowd respectfully, I think that at some point it is going to continue to get more and more out of here. All right, so that was us with the Modal Technique on, in Houston in 2011. And just as to give you a little bit more information about the site so that you can understand what you can expect from mm -hmm. us. 
Um, this site is not about news. News is not a constituent element of well, wait, wait, hold up. I wanted to correct you there. What they can say is considered news. What is news. considered news. Um, the issue chasing. Information. Yeah, all the things that people get bent out of shape about for two minutes and then the next two minutes they're worried about something else frivolous. Um, you know, this is a, a website that emphasizes quality versus quantity okay so we want to provide quality information that provides everybody with a basis to analyze the world so that if you see something on the news you have a solid foundation an understanding of the superstructure to where you can properly place or at least even think about and try to Mm -hmm. try to formulate why certain things are happening exactly you know so that is the purpose of our site we're here so that people can develop critical consciousness that's what conscientization is critical (laughs) consciousness you know what i'm saying conscientization we we're here for a pedagogy of the oppressed you know what i'm saying also you might be asking yourself how do y'all do that how do y'all make that happen we do it through podcasts which is free all the time by the way the podcast is always free go to conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com check out the magazine structure and you'll see we do it through articles that we publish weekly one of the articles special articles is the musical news and analysis commentaries Ooh, that's so special that's so special but I ain't gonna tell you about that now you gonna have to go on to the website this African state go on to the website okay we do that with videos now the video category is really special too but you think I'm gone to the website I can tell you but I got a time I might run this but I gotta keep to a schedule okay so go on to the videos and not only do we have the videos we have what we call what everybody should have a library yeah it's called a library right what else you think it was gonna be called really it serves as the basis of what Zara was saying as the basis of understanding so you can analyze the world so you can change it so you can change those oppressive realities and maybe one day you can rap like Mr. Immortal Technique Maybe one day you will have a vision to understand that the third world is a part of all of the world and don't appear in some abyss. You know know what I'm saying? Go on to the website and what you can do. Like I said, we're an online web-based magazine. You'll be able to see the subscription benefits levels you can participate in. We got two. I'll just tell you right now because I'm I'm really happy. We came up with all this. Tell you right now. We got the Make It Plain. Ooh, where did I get that from? Make It Plain. Make it plain. Maybe you read some of these. <laughs> read some of these books in this library. You know what the brother said. Make it plain, brother. Uh, we got make it plain. The name synonymous with his name. It's make it plain for y'all. You know what I'm talking about? Then we got the praxis. Ooh, just from the sound of that praxis. I said praxis was what? Conscientization. Ooh, this must be the creme de la creme. Oh, oh yes. Oh, this is a great membership level. Check that out on there. You know what I'm saying? This is Conscientization 101. Zara, do you have anything else you want to add before we get back into this phenomenal interview which took place with Mr. Immortal Technique? Yeah, I actually want to add that we're going to go into a song by Immortal Technique. um, And after that, we're going to go back into the interview where he's addressing state repression. Taking it too far. Die slow, motherfucker! Yeah, 
100% independent, I'm the fucking boss I sold 80,000 off a quota ball in the sauce The hood is not stupid, we know the mathematics I made double what I would going gold on Atlantic Cause EMI, Sony, BMG in a scope Would never sign a rapper with the White House in a scope They push pop music like a religion Anorexic, celebrity-driven, financial fantasy fiction Contradiction, cause the life he was given resembles life in prison Fed time with Manuel Noriega the real Noriega Who did America a hundred favors With Contras to shine the CIA Moving Escobar's coke through the MIA This is the third world speaking Through a dead man walking And everybody talking about the South taking over It's true motherfucker But it's coming over the border Fuck your chain My people will kill you for water Fuck fans nigga I got soldier supporters that I cut your throat if you strap with a tape recorder That's right motherfucker Welcome to the new world Censored by corporate reporters The government runs a drug politics on the corner That's why I never stress rappers and their employers I put a bag over his fucking head and torture your lawyer Cause it's too simple to shoot y'all days to the roof of your mouth and electrocute ya I'll root you out with the Ruger, the German Luger U-boat and the troops in the scuba Nigga, you can't overthrow me like the island of Gooba Niggas will never find your body like the bitch in Aruba And I'll maneuver through the state department and their friends with secret deals like the Nazis and IBM And now you know this ain't a trend of a fashion This is my life and my passion Fuck trying to cash it, nigga I need more than advancements in a rented mansion So why you little house niggas are singing and dancing I kill you and take your land like an Israeli expansion Do you think they're prepared for that? I mean, it, it seems amorphous You know, like there's no goals like what what is the intention a lot of people just like um, we, I was listening to a podcast called Against the Grain and a lot of people it was a person on there she was talking about how we have our general assembly just to talk about how we're going to get food out here but that's just one place what about all the people like here in Houston who don't have an occupied movement really it's, they had a small one you know that's not really addressing systematic issues that's just addressing kind of this little community we've created here you know but at the same time I think what's interesting about it is that all the occupiers are you unique to their demographic, they're unique to the people that are in the area, mm -hmm. they're unique to the circumstances that they're dealing with, which is pretty much how I think when you have a structured republic, mm -hmm. it ends up being you know, mm -hmm. a collection of people that are ruled by different laws. You'll find that going back to the age of Charlemagne, mm -hmm. when he first gained control of most of the European continent, he realized that he couldn't rule the Saxons in the same way that he ruled the people of the Aquitaine right. or uh, of the former uh, Lombard lands of northern Italy. Mm -hmm. He realized that these people had lived in their traditional tribal laws or under their traditional tribal laws mm -hmm. for hundreds of hundreds of years. And if he would try to change that, he would gain a violent reaction. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing so, he appointed a count, which is where the word county, by the way, comes from. Mm -hmm under the rulership of one individual who would govern it according to those rules. Mm -hmm. That being the case, I think that while people aren't necessarily emulating Charlemagne, they're seeing that case by case, mm -hmm. they have to pay attention to these local things. Mm -hmm. What I think they need to do also is, while servicing the local issues, they need to form a more cohesive strategy with the occupies all around yes. mm -hmm. yeah. the country. Mm -hmm. yes. And then with the Occupy the Hoods that are popping up. Yes. Right. They can't ignore that because that's a yeah, big deal. So my next question is about, um, it was a segment on Russia Today that was talking about, and it's, it's kind of going into like what you were saying about how they destabilized the Middle East. Okay, go. That's fine. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. And it was a segment, and it was called the African Gold Standard Buried. And they were talking about how Gaddafi was, um, he was attempting to put all of Africa on the golden art. And in order for anybody to trade in African resources, they would have to have the, the golden art. And so um, the question that, that we were thinking about is, do you think that this is something that you know, them flexing, you know, and not occupying, but well, occupying African countries, attacking Uganda, um, 
the assassination of Gaddafi, do you think that's something that would affect like the geopolitical um, situation in Latin America? Right. You know, do you, it's like they're trying to go in and destabilize any resistance. Right. You know, and it's almost like they're trying to say, this is what'll happen to you. I think no matter what the United States does, it's going to look like it's trying to control the world to some people. Mm -hmm. And no matter what it doesn't do, it'll look like it's being negligent. Mm -hmm. you know, we, yeah. don't, we don't want people criticize Obama for going into Uganda, but people also criticize Clinton for not going into it's Rwanda. Rwanda. Yeah, yeah. You know, imagine if we had gone into Rwanda, what would it would have looked like? Right. Yes. You know, would it have been a clean operation? Would have we have ended up going to war against an African country right. because there would have been no amount of machete wielding, you know, <laughs> mobs that were killing innocent people yes. that would have been able to stand up to, you know, two or three Marine Corps divisions sent in there with heavy artillery, mm -hmm. tanks, air support. I mean, it would have been a slaughter. Yeah, that's and At true. the same time, it's not like it wasn't a slaughter. You yes. know, almost a million people were genocided in the region and we stood back and did absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. um, if we're talking about Africa, I think Mr. Gaddafi had uh, I want to say a much more amicable role mm -hmm. with the black community mm -hmm. and much more so with a lot of other African countries than some of the other Arab leaders that are contemporary right. yes. in the region. Only because I think he was one of the few that realized exactly how much um, the Arab world and the Middle East in general mm -hmm. has as a result of Africa. Mm -hmm. yes. Now, really, Africa was the breadbasket for right. the caliphate in the Islamic That's world right. mm -hmm. in the same way that it helped to build the resources for the Roman Empire. So right. Right. I think that anybody who has studied Islam will realize that without Africa, yes. Islam would be relegated to where? To uh, right, that small, tiny <laughs> peninsula. You <laughs> had to expand yes. to a few other places. Uh -huh. And honestly, probably without the resources of Africa, would not have reached as far as Afghanistan mm -hmm. and parts of Iran. Mm -hmm. That would have been, or Pakistan, or any other regions of the East. You know, I think that it's similar to questioning what the Catholic Church would be without all of Latin America. Right. You would be what? A peninsula. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. A lot smaller. Of a, peninsula, a lot smaller. <laughs> I am going to use all this. This is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think what I, I think what the the point I'm trying to make is that the one thing that's strange about Gaddafi is just Gaddafi. Yes, yeah, just a character. Yeah, he was a character. No one knows if that gold dinar story was true. If he was trying to embezzle money, right. but is it outlandish to think that? Uh, a leader of a major player in the oil world mm -hmm. was looking to wash some of his money mm -hmm. in the best way that it could ever have been washed in gold, mm -hmm. and that made people nervous. Yes, yeah, it's not a far-fetched story. Is it possible that people were trying to stop other African nations from seeking a gold standard? Yeah. You're not going to see any of them stupid enough to try that now. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I think Gaddafi's death was a clear message saying, hey, it doesn't matter who's in the driver's seat, mm -hmm. a white guy or a black That's guy. That's right. That's right. This car is going in the same direction. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you try to stand in front of this car, we're going to run your knees Exactly. Right. No problems. Uh, okay. In your song, Rich Man's World, you say, activists, activists get mad at me because of my tax-free charity, 80% of the staff and company, and 20% to the homeless and hungry. They got to pay the Fed Reserve, kick back to the banksters, haven't you learned? You also talked about this charade on August 16, 2010 on the Russia Today when the anchor asked you about your visit to Haiti whereby you wanted to ensure that your, the aid you donated got to the people. Mm -hmm. the, this phenomenon was further exposed on Black Agenda Report in terms of like char charades and charity in an article entitled One Year After Haitian Earthquake Corporations Profit While People Suffer. It was posted on January 18, 2011, where it was reported that less than 10% of the $9 billion pledged by foreign donors has been delivered and not all that money has been spent. These Western institutional policies are a part of the same contradictions 
you know, a disconnect because these people who do donate are very like they have, people do want to see people do all right. You know, people who give out of say they they see that and it's like, damn, people are suffering. You know, but not aware of what particularly these charities are involved in, and so there's a disconnect there. So what do you think people should be aware of and actions they can take to challenge the institutional policies that are responsible for Haiti and other former colonies of the U.S. Um, um, to, so they won't be susceptible to that type of exploitation in the first place? Because if a country was healthy, they don't have to sit back and take Monsanto's and, and things of that nature. So I'll just well, it's interesting that Haiti was never a colony of the U.S. in the past. Yes, yes. And it became a colony, or practically a colony, in very recent history. Mm -hmm. All during the era of colonial rule and during the annexation of everybody else's land, people still want to fuck with Haiti. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were scared to death of them. <laughs> Because they showed the world that it was possible right. for a slave revolution right. to succeed and also to find governance among themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that it also exemplified how race divided by shades could be put against one another. That's right. Yeah. When I went to Haiti, I think from my experience, one of the only things that could potentially change the way things are done are for more people, whether they're famous, not famous, whether they're down with the struggle, not down with the struggle, to be able to experience what it's like to be out there. Right. I know it's, it's not cheap, but it's not as expensive as people would think it would be. Mm -hmm. you, you, can't volunteer. You, can't, you can't volunteer. Mm -hmm. If you plan your trip, you know, tickets aren't that expensive. Mm -hmm. I would say something you want to invest in heavily is security because it's crazy out there. Um, I think that when people look at these major outlets where billions of dollars are being invested, the individuals that control that know that if they hold on to it, just the interest rates alone on an average bank account makes them millions and millions of dollars a year, mm -hmm. tens of millions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So that it almost becomes less beneficial for them as an entity that's supposed to help people to get money to help people, mm -hmm. to not give people money so they have more money to supposedly help people. Mm -hmm. But what's the point of having money to help people if your entire existence is built around not helping people because mm -hmm. you don't want to give them money. Mm -hmm. Don't go into the business of taking money under the premise <laughs> of helping people if you have no intention of giving them the money in the first place. The problem, I think, though, is that there are so many fears of corruption in yeah. Haiti, yeah. which is another reason, one of the only logical reasons that I think that they've given that made sense to me, mm -hmm. which was, oh, who are we going to give it to, you know, yeah. we're going to give it to some guy, governor, some corrupt entity. Right, yeah. But I think at some point, you know, if you literally went there and built houses with the money, you know, mm -hmm. if things were allocated for specific things, mm -hmm. instead of them looking at it as a, as a racket, as a way of saying, hey, let's tell them that these houses we're going to build for the Haitians cost 50000 they really cost 5000 we'll make mad money. But that's how people think, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think uh, unless that gets exposed, unless those people really have a, a, a light on them, that's not going to change. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's up to the media, independent media, whoever, rapper, it yeah. doesn't matter, sure. to go down there and push that issue to the forefront. Yeah. That's to make true. sure that people never forget what happened. Yeah. And that it can happen again. Mm -hmm. And it might happen to you. Mm -hmm. It happened in New Orleans. Right. And, then who, <laughs> and then who's going to be collecting all that money saying they're going to help you out? Right. There you go. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well. Absolutely. All right, see Thank you. Thank you very much.
All right, that's the end of our first show for Conscientization 101. We want to thank Immortal Technique, and we want to thank you for tuning in. We yes. also want to thank some of the people who were instrumental in pulling this site Very together. Much so. First of all, we want to thank... Susie at Radical Designs. Yes, Susie. She was very fundamental. Very okay, fundamental. To getting the design together. I mean, Susie is. I mean, she's the. She's there. We go. This wouldn't have been possible without <laughs> it Susie. It wouldn't have been possible without Susie. Okay, Susie's she's like, it. man, I didn't know what I would get myself <laughs> into when I picked up that call two years ago. Yeah. Right. We want to thank Josh, who was very instrumental in helping uh, get the site together as well. Um, we want to thank Chino Chino who, who is our designer Chino You see those lovely designs That was all done By that main man Chino Yes And Chino. his magic fairy dust Yes <laughs> Did you say magic fairy dust? What, what the hell's wrong with you? Anyway But yeah Chino instrumental That boy I could We could describe something And Chino knew exactly what it was He had enough conscientization Up off in his head Get what I just said Up off in his head <laughs> To understand what we talking about When we was talking about Nkrumah He was like Oh yeah man Me and Nkrumah go way back dude. Totally Totally Me and Nkrumah Yes <laughs> Continental unification Nah man We need that Garvey thing Pan-African Africans all over the world I got you man That's Chino He knew what I was talking about I was like Yeah you know We trying to do the Garvey thing Oh yeah Red, black, and green RBG Got it I'm Chino I know what you're talking about I got for you sure. baby For sure For sure for sure, for sure. That dude is like mega calm, dog. I'll be like, Chino, Chino, I need to do this. I need to do this. For sure, man. Don't worry about that, man. I got you. I mean, that, that dude will put you at ease. You'll be like, man, this shit's going to launch. Are we going to launch? Yeah, man, for sure. Don't worry about that, man. For sure. Anyway, shout out to Chino. Shout out to Brina, who gave us our, you know, she drew Umi. I mean, the sticker that when you go on the site, you'll see Umi. And we also have a picture of Umi on Instagram, so you can go to our Instagram and see that. Go to the site that and you will Brina's... learn more about the Umi Quilombo sticker. Yes. We didn't talk about that much in the podcast. You want to know why? We want you to go to the web magazine itself. Goats online. Umi Quilombo sticker drawn by Brina. Yes, she did a wonderful job on that sticker. And we want to thank everybody at Radical Designs. I mean, you know, Susie was the project manager, but everybody had a hand in it, and we really appreciate everybody's work. We really appreciate Ramsey Kanan at PM Press for all of his willingness to give us information when we would send him emails. Ramsey. Where, we, where can we get this done? Oh, you can get this done uh, yep. right away. Same yep. day. Yep, same day. I mean, we had, we, <laughs> we had met Ramsey, like, you know, doing work with another uh, group. We had met him a while back, and he still remembered us. And I, we just had some certain questions that certain people couldn't answer. Or they didn't know, you know. He would always get back to us. Uh, he made a lot of stuff happen in terms of, like, just, just giving us that guidance. You know what I'm saying? Because we would have some questions we didn't know how it flowed or merchandise here, this, that, and the other, you know, and this is, you know, and like you said, this here business, you know, that we doing, we doing here business, we building these independent institutions, you know what I'm talking about? So sometimes you need a little bit more guidance then I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for you, baby. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. You know, he is with you in my heart and spirit. <laughs> Damn, how do I get some shit shipped? How do I get this made? How do I get turned this into a business entity, a LLC? See, <laughs> nations and people who need a pedagogy of the oppressed are not going to make it on a hope and a prayer. You're going to need some of that guidance, you know what I'm saying? So he was he was very good for that. So we like to thank Ramsey for that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we just want to also thank everybody who's inspired the site. I mean, it's the list is very long. Um, but, you know, it, the site is is an amalgamation of a lot of um, influence from several different, you know, independent media um, sites and artists and everything. Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say anything. Well, obviously, you know, we've been highly influenced by Immortal Technique. Um, I, that, I can't even I can't even put it together in, in, in English. You know what I'm saying? And maybe if I had my indigenous African tongue, I could say it a lot more eloquent than in English, you know what I'm saying? Ha ha ha, colonization, right? But um, if you look at the, uh, if you look at our books, if you look at the the, the, the videos, you look at the artists, um, you can tell who we've been influenced by. And I, I don't want to, I can't name, I don't, time will not permit me to name everyone right now. Just go to the website. Yeah, you'll see on the website. Go to conscientization101.com, <laughs> see 101 magazine, you'll see who influenced this. And the thing about it is, this, 
This is a dynamic website. Matter is always in motion. Dialectics is real. You know what I'm saying? And what we mean, what I mean to say by that is the further inspiration for conscientization is still to come. We it's never finished. So those that inspire us, there's gonna be more that inspire us. We hope we're inspiring you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like Ayikwe Amar says, his book, The Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born, you know. Okay, we want to just mention that the launch show features music from Immortal Technique. You know, it was that track, Hollywood Drive-By, that hidden track on the Hollywood Drive-By. We, hey, we thought that song represented 100% independent. <laughs> hey, we, that's the cinema, baby. Ah, Immortal Technique. Be sure to visit us like we've been telling y'all at conscientization101.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-T-I. Z-A-T-I-O-N-101.com or just C101magazine.com Check out the subscription benefits page. Like we said, you can make it plain or you can get on that praxis, baby. And learn more about our magazine, you know what I'm saying? Uh, We want to emphasize, like we just said, 100% independent. Okay, independent media. We took praxis and created this here, okay? And we live and die by your support, not grants. Not because we sell certain things and stuff like that and we controlled by other people. Also, check us out on Twitter at Conscien1. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-1. And on Instagram at C101Editors. And Facebook at Conscientization101. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N. T-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N-101. Again, thank you. And what we want you to do is to subscribe today. Go on to C101 Magazine, Conscientization 101 Magazine, and subscribe today. Don't forget, go to our podcast in iTunes or on the website. You can subscribe in iTunes, rate us, and tell a friend about us, okay? And I know I want to address this. I want to address this before we get out of here. I know you're like, Conscientization 101. Oh my gosh, will I ever learn how to put this? It's a hard spelling. It's a hard spelling. Let me, let me tell you about Conscientization 101. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't, don't be don't be scared. Don't be scared of that. Okay? I know I spell it easy. Don't be scared. Because once you learn Conscientization 101, when you experience the world and go through this world and people try to run the little thing on you, and you're gonna say, baby, that's Conscientization 101. So when they tell you, they say, oh, look at what's happening in Africa, you're gonna say, baby. That might be due to the fact of the Berlin Conference, 1884-85, when there were Europeans split up them borders and made them artificial borders to suit their needs for colonial expansion. I know that. Everybody know that. That's conscientization 101. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying to you? All right. Thank you very much. Conscientization 101. What are the challenges and prospects of a Pan-African Renaissance? I'll talk about challenges and I'll talk about, you know, the prospects, you know, side by side. The main challenge, I think, is neo-colonialism. The neo-colonialism. White power in a black face. That's what neo-colonialism is now. White power in a black face. Obama... That's a picture, a classic picture of neocolonialism. Yeah. Good luck, Jonathan in Nigeria. Classic picture of neocolonialism. Yeah. And the vast majority of the African leaders on the continent, the vast majority of them, those are classic pictures of neocolonialism. Because what they support is still imperialist institutions, agendas, but they have a black face. So, for example, when tomorrow the president of Nigeria maybe comes from the part of Nigeria I come from, you suddenly hear that I've become quiet. Afyong has become very quiet. Because the president is from her part of the country. And she can't be seen to be attacking him because she just might get a job tomorrow. And that's the other thing about us, you and I. We ourselves are traitors because our jobs, our stomachs, define our politics. So we have to begin to rebuild independent institutions 
and that starts with even basic things like our media. You must have your own people's media. Conscientization 101. The internet is available for that now. What is your challenge? What is your own skill? Where is your gift? Because like Marcus Gavi said, it says, rise up, you mighty race, for you can accomplish whatever you will. Ethnicism. Ethnicism, tribalism is all the same thing. That's a major cancer that we suffer from. We've got to get rid of that. What's the alternative to that? Pan-Africanism. That's the alternative. But revolutionary Pan-Africanism. Because let me say this. There are a lot of people who call themselves Pan-Africanists and they're cultural nationalists and they're anti-racist. Like, you know, a lot of people that have black hair, anti-racist, anti-racist. Are you anti-capitalist? Are you anti-imperialist? Most of you are not. You're anti-racist. You're very clear about that. But you're not anti-capitalist. You're not anti-imperialist. So what you only want is change it, you know, from a, a white vessel and give me a black one and I'll be okay. That's all you're wanting, a change of skin color. You don't want to change the system that produces your oppression. Whether it's black, white, green, blue or brown, it's about the system. And you must understand that. He's even more dangerous than a white person. At the same time, I'm very clear also about white supremacy. And I make no apologies about that. That is the major cancer in the world today, white supremacy. We have to be clear also about that. But you also have to know there are a lot of black people who facilitate and you know support the entry of white supremacy. And of course, the, the solution to white supremacy is not black supremacy. Better be clear about that too. <laughs> it's person supremacy, people supremacy. I've talked about elitism, elitism. A lot of us, you know, we see ourselves, we are the leaders, you know, we are the elites, we are more educated than our not-so-educated ones, so we will go and liberate the mass. See, that's the difference between a lot of African leaders and somebody like Fidel Castro. Because it's make sure that the vast majority of Cubans are conscious. So if you go to war with Cuba, each Cuban knows and understands what's happening. Well, if you talk to war with any African country, half of them will be like, what happened in Libya? They'll, ah, they'll you know, welcome the oppressor. Because we don't have consciousness of our struggle. Our leaders just keep things to themselves and, you know, monopolize everything. So we have to learn to build on 